A dream can be anything, whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually. Every week, the Dream Check Podcast brings you advice, encouragement, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer, a wife, a dog mom, coffee enthusiast, but most famously known for my sweatsuit collection. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to empower, activate, and sharpen those dreams that may be lying dormant in your life. If I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show, time to check in. What's up, friends? You know what time it is. Welcome back for another episode on the Dream Check Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Ivanoff. Thank you for listening today, wherever you're listening from. I appreciate you. Today, we have Jessica Shakir on the show. Jessica and I have been IG friends for forever. Um, She used to host the Models for Christ, which was like a little Bible study in Los Angeles. Actually, I think it's all over the US. And she had me come and speak at one of their meetings back in like 2018, which I think I had been a Christian for like literally two seconds at that point. Um, And that was our first time we met. She is actually been in the industry for a long time, a hair and makeup artist for celebrities, I think for 25 plus years, which is crazy. She is also the founder of the Beautiful Mind Academy, which is a global community of women who are spiritually equipped and ready to lead and love others well, which I feel like anyone listening to this should join that community. It's so powerful. She is also a wife and she shares so much about that on today's episode. Her and her husband recently moved from California to Alabama and are now living out their God dreams there. In this episode, we dive deep into God's calling and his dreams for your life. She gets super vulnerable, like I just mentioned, on the topic of marriage, singleness, and on the mindset of both of those seasons, which is so powerful. You don't wanna miss the story, you guys, of how her and her husband met and waited, wait for it, until they said, I do at the altar to share their first kiss. I had just heard this story when we recorded the episode and it is so wild, so powerful. You guys do not want to miss it. It's truly inspiring. So let's check in. Hello. Hi, Nicole. How are you, beautiful? I am so good. We're doing this. I am so We're excited. Doing it. That today is finally here that we get to have this conversation. <laughs> I'm so excited and you look stunning. You came ready today. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm wearing literally like just a casual tank and a sweater. You would look stunning. You're fine per usual as well. Totally. I'm like fangirling over here. I, oh my I'm, gosh. I love you. I love <laughs> this has been long overdue. You have been on my list of people I want to record with since the podcast started. And here we are making it happen. Now that you're literally in a different state, of course. Yeah, I remember when you invited me to be on, it was when we were moving from California to Alabama. So I have a lot more to share now on this side. Yes, I think that's why we waited. I think God knew you were going to have more to give now. So we're going to start with the burning question, which I ask every guest. What Mm -hmm. is a dream that you have right now? Nicole, I am such a dreamer. I have 50 things written down at all times that I want to do in life. I love it. (laughs) Pick one or two. I am really thrilled and honored to have the opportunity to walk with women through discipleship, through entrepreneurship, and through building the very thing that God has put on their heart. So 
the first few things that come up to me is, okay, I'll tell you, I haven't really told very many people this, but I really want to bring a all-female co-creating space into the town that I live in right now, into Tuscaloosa, because I need that. I want that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just want to do anything and everything I can to elevate women in their thinking and their leadership and to go and build and do the thing that God has called them to do as we disciple the nation. So that's one. I have a huge heart to connect with the Middle East. I mean, one day my dream job is to do biblical tours through Israel. So, those oh my are gosh, <laughs> I just got goosebumps. I love that. Did we meet through Models for Christ? I asked you to be a guest speaker at Models for Christ because yeah. I've been following you on Instagram, loving your passion for the Lord, loving your passion for the talents that God has given you, loving your love for people. Mm-hmm. And so we officially met in person at a Models for Christ in LA evening where you got to share your story. Gosh, that's crazy because when I did that, I had been a Christian for like less than a year. Oh my God. Yeah. And so when you asked me, I was like, oh my gosh, like thinking back, like, I just love, I mean, the confidence I even had. I feel like when we're baby Christians, God gives us this like overwhelming drive and curiosity, like a baby, you know, to Mm -hmm. what does the Bible say about this? What does God say about this? Like, you're so curious, like a baby. And it just now, you know, I I feel like I had that confidence. And now I feel like as I'm growing in my faith and growing in my ministry, the enemy like tries to come in and will try to Mm -hmm. steal that confidence, which to me is just a sign that like, I'm on the right path. I'm doing something right. And so I just, when you brought up, you know, bringing a community together in Alabama, I'm like, wait, we met at this amazing community that you hosted, right? And I just feel so strongly that you're going to impact so many women in Alabama, Mm -hmm. like so many women. Oh, praise God. Well, you telling me that you'd been a Christian for a year at that point, it delights my heart because God really highlighted you to me. Mm. And there's so much of his love and strength in you that, wow, I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it because you were very much highlighted. And Mm. when you came in and you spoke and you shared from your heart and your testimony, that was a really powerful night. And so Mm -hmm. to your point too, when we're younger, we have all this you know, we're, we're brazen and we have all this courage. Whoa, how did I do that? I think looking back on my twenties and how brave I was. And then I think to what the Bible talks so often about having faith like a child, Mm -hmm. not not being double-minded, not overthinking Mm -hmm. it, leaning into the arms of your father, being Mm -hmm. in that humble posture of all of me depends on all of God. So I'm just going to do what Mm -hmm. he tells me to do. And I often remind myself to get back to that space of having mm-hmm. faith and joy like a yes. child. I honestly, I had this same thought recently. This was like last year. I was shooting a wedding and I think I was in Mexico and I'm by the pool and this little girl, she must have been five or six and she's splashing around with her friends and she, I wrote it down in my notes so I, I don't remember it word for word but she said something to her friends and they're splashing around. They're not even paying attention to her and she's like, did you know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins? And did oh. you know that Uh, there's someone in my class that doesn't believe in God and the kids are not even listening to her, but she's like, has that child. Like she's just like sharing her faith as like a five or six year old to her friends. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, the way God's going to use her. And she had said, she was just talking and talking. They were not even listening. I was listening. I'm like, oh my gosh, keep preaching, girl. And um, she was like, but did you know that that God still loves them even though they don't believe? And it was just like so heartwarming. And I'm like, gosh, like, 
I want to have that like courage, like a kid to just like yes. go into a room and share Jesus without caring if they're listening, if they're hearing me or anything. And gosh, like yeah. that's why the Bible says so often, like have faith like a child. You know, they're not worried about a lengthy, long prayer. They're not worried about what people are thinking. They're just like, having the faith and they're just so joyful with no regard for like, what is this person going to think? What is this person going to think? How do I look doing this? You know? And it's, it's, there's something so special and precious about children. Mm, That's true. I can imagine that little girl in the pool, that being on the front of her heart, that Mm -hmm. feeling of being where she couldn't not share it. Exactly. And so how many times as adults, do we feel that, that thing on the front of our heart pounding Mm -hmm. our chest and we want it. And then we go, well, let me be wise. Let me be tactful. Let me, yep. let me make sure I don't offend anyone. And so mm-hmm. that is a, a, a constant tension of mm-hmm. my life. And as I look back on my 25 year career in the entertainment industry, my word, that was a tension then. And uh, we grow stronger, but I believe mm-hmm. that tension is always going to be there because mm-hmm. of the nature of this broken world. We're mm-hmm. citizens of heaven. We're this new creation bringing God's kingdom everywhere we go. And yet we're entering into spaces that is contending against that light and wanting to do anything they can to, to dim that light. Totally. Well, speaking of that, kind of give us a, a brief intro of who you are. I kind of jumped the gun. I was so excited oh, to chat okay. with you. <laughs> so I am Jessica, child of the king. That's I, right. God made me, he made a joyful, creative woman. That's when I consider, you know, my mentor, Dr. Alicia Richelli, I love her, a little shout out. She shares this question, like sit with Jesus and ask him, Lord, what was on your heart when you were creating me? And so now when I answer that question, Nicole, like who is Jessica? I think I have that image of God creating me and shaping me and intending me to be delightful and joy-filled and creative Mm -hmm. and to reflect his glory and beauty. It's that's who he made me. I'm a dreamer. So being on this podcast with you is a perfect fit. We could talk all about dreams and yes. <laughs> I am a total optimist, but I say I'm a realist as well because, you know, we have we have the truth, the accurate word of God truth. And when we stand on that, a lot of times it sounds like we're an optimist. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm not speaking positive. It's not positive thinking. It's accurate thinking, really, when you read your Bible. Mm. But anyway, I'm a, a creative. I've been a hair makeup artist for 25 years. And just recently, I've I've been reminded of my life journey and my past chapters. I don't really talk about that much. Mm-hmm. And so I think it might be fitting to, to share about it here with you so we can encourage those who are in the entertainment industry. And so for 25 years, I was a hair and makeup artist, and I was also um, acting, modeling, and dancing for about 20 of those years. And so I was in front of the camera and behind the camera, and I loved both, and I feel that both created a, a more well-rounded artist. So I was able to be a better steward of my mm-hmm. time behind the camera because I knew what it felt like to be in front of the camera mm-hmm. and vice versa. And yeah, all throughout my career in entertainment, my favorite, favorite part were the makeup chair conversations, mm. having meaningful moments, meaningful conversations, asking mm-hmm. soul questions that unlock um, imagination and, and you know, lead to conversations on identity and purpose. And so mm-hmm. that was not unusual for me to be having those conversations in the makeup chair. And mm-hmm. sometimes we ran over because of it. And the oh my gosh. 
come back and we almost died and I'd get in trouble. But oh my gosh. Yeah, I was I I just had a heart for for story throughout my whole life. I've had a heart for beauty throughout my whole life. And mm-hmm. up until recently, I didn't really have the language to put the pieces together. But uh, 18th century theologian, Jonathan Edwards, that I super love, I love his work on beauty. He talks and he'll ask this question. He talks a lot about beauty and the beauty of God. And he posed this question, can one study beauty apart from studying God? Mm. Dang, I just got goosebumps. Study one is to study the other. Mm. And so I look back on my life, Nicole, and I thought, Lord, I've always been drawn to to light and color mm-hmm. and movement and beauty in all forms. And really, I've been a beauty of God all my life by mm-hmm. being a, a student of beauty. So we can talk about that more, but that's a little bit about me. I come from a great big family. I'm an auntie of 23 nieces and nephews. Oh, my gosh. Wait, Wait you have 23 and nieces and nephews? Girl, yes. Wait. <laughs> I just want to know what Christmas is like with your family. That's a lot of presents. It's a lot. And then, you know, quickly we realized that, okay, we need to go to a secret Santa. So mm-hmm. we have the adults do a Smart. secret Santa. The children do a secret Santa. And that's been a gift to teach the children the, the giddiness that comes from picking the right present and mm-hmm. presenting the gift to somebody else. So That is so amazing. Was it always your dream to be, I know you said you did acting, modeling, dancing, was makeup, you're like, this was my passion. Like, that's why I'm here in California. Mm. Yeah, it was a a dream of mine that I discovered early on at 12. It was a full on bonafide, solidified dream where my mom would take me to the grocery store and I would say, hey, can I be in the magazine aisle? And for the next half hour or hour, however long she took, I would just sit my little booty on that cold floor Scanning the pages of Vogue and Seventeen and Glamour and studying the covers. I mean, Nicole, studying where the blush went and the color and the tonality and the skin tone. And Mm. I would tell myself, I can do that. Oh my gosh. Just kept telling herself, I can do that. Isn't it crazy how God can instill something in us so young? Yeah. Like so young. Well, when you think about it, he designed us on purpose, with purpose, mm-hmm. for purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that he entrusted us with our talents, that he wove those talents into the fabric of our being. And so as we grow up, really, we're just on a quest to, to discover what God put in us. And yeah. as a parent, and I, I can't wait to be a mama one day, it's another big dream, I will have the an intense honor, the 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 huge honor of being one of the first to discover what God has put mm. and entrusted into my son or daughter and then being able to unveil that. Mm. That's part of what I feel about talent. And so that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think it's mm-hmm. you know a, a great question. There are other better questions, I think, but it points to, let me help you imagine what your life can be. What are you mm-hmm. passionate about? What comes naturally to you? Mm-hmm. What do you dream of? Yeah. And let's have a conversation around that. I love it. I think it's so special when I see parents tapping into things that their kids are really good at from a young age, or yeah. if they love reading, like at, a, at an age where it's like not normal for a kid to love reading, or they're really good at math really young, or like things where it's like, 
okay, this is clearly a gift that is for my child. Like, how can I tap into that for their future? And I think that's so special, which by the way, I got goosebumps when you talked about being a mom one day and you're going to be the best mom, like (laughs) the best, most patient, kindest, sweetest mom ever. Thank you. I received that. (laughs) So sweet. Oh, okay. Let's talk about the beautiful mind Academy. Yeah. So that was downloaded to me. I'll tell you the quick backstory. The Beautiful Mm -hmm. Mind Summit was downloaded to me in December 2019. I thought, well, Lord, let me prepare this. Let me interview kingdom entrepreneurs. Let me interview uh, women of God and see what we can learn about having a beautiful mind. And perhaps I'll launch it next year in quarter one Mm -hmm. or quarter two. So I took months to prepare to launch this event. It was a 21-day event. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we decided to wa- to launch this Beautiful Mind Summit in June of 2020. And you all remember what that was like. We sure do. <laughs> the world was on fire. People hated each other. And here I am with this you know, robust virtual event with mm-hmm. 21 different women speaking into our lives about how to renew our mind with the word of God, how to put on the mind of Christ and what science teaches us about the renewal of our mind Mm -hmm. and what's possible with our thinking and our thought life. And, and so we launched that right then and there in the middle of 2020 smack dab in the middle of a pandemic. And we had 2,500 women from, Oh my gosh join in. And from there I felt, cause I was praying. I'm like, Lord, what do you want for me? How do you want me to show up? What is my place? What do I say? And we remember there's so many people contending for our voice and for our thoughts mm-hmm. and say this and do that and don't say this and don't do that. I had to take a step back. I'm like, Lord, whose voice do I listen to? I literally asked him that. We know as Christians, we know the answer. Oh, yeah. But, but <laughs> you have to it ask. It from the depth of my heart. And mm-hmm. he said, oh, my voice. You have one king. You bow down to one. You don't bow down to peer pressure. You don't bow down to you know the mobs or whatever. You don't bow down to fear or intimidation. You bow down to me. I'm your king. Mm-hmm. And I want you to create a safe place for my daughters to dwell. And so from that free 21-day event that I did, we launched the Beautiful Mind Academy, which is now, yes, a global sisterhood collective of beautiful women, Holy Spirit-filled women who want to renew their mind with the Word of God together. Mm. Is that something where you could take the Beautiful Mind Academy, and this? I'm just like spitballing now, but you can take that and have like in-person gatherings, and that's where you do your Alabama gathering, and you it's like it's like a branch of the Beautiful Mind Academy, but like in person. Absolutely. I feel like what I've been building online for the past Mm -hmm. almost three years, God is now inviting me to think, open up my, Mm -hmm. uh, the way I think, uh, the way I interact with this idea of what's possible with you, God. Mm -hmm. What's possible with me and you right now for this time on this earth with the people I'm surrounded by. And now he's inviting me to think not only online, but offline. And so through the Beautiful Mind Academy, we've had uh, we do virtual events. We do mm-hmm. six-month coaching programs and 12-month coaching programs. And we do in-person retreats. And so now I'm thinking, well, there's even more that God wants to do mm-hmm. through me. I feel like he's just getting started. <laughs> you know? Amen. I, I do in, in all of our lives. And mm-hmm. one thing that I'm really passionate about, I oh gosh, there's a lot of things, but really passionate about seeing women flourish Mm -hmm. and as we flourish in our own world and our homes and our soul we can help 
perpetuate human flourishing, starting with our family and our community in the world. And to see women flourish, I know that the only way that happens is if we are living that yes, Lord life, because Mm -hmm. obedience truly is the only way to flourish. Mm -hmm. As a human, obedience to the one who made you, to the living God, Mm -hmm. the King of Kings, that's the only way for a human to flourish. I feel like I say that on almost every episode, but obedience is God's love language. And I I think about my own like testimony, my own story. Like I was a Christian for three, almost three years, but really walking with God for two years when I met my husband. And I was just so, I mean, I, we should always be obedient, but I was, I call it an obedient season where I was like extra (laughs) obedient, where I'm not even questioning God. I'm just like, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. And, um, you know, a lot of my friends say like, gosh, God had you on the fast track. Like I've been a Christian my whole life, still waiting for my husband. Like, what are Mm -hmm. you doing different? And I'm like, gosh, I'm just saying yes to everything God tells me. Like Mm -hmm. I am literally just like, okay, you said don't have sex anymore. I'm not having sex anymore. You said don't date guys Mm -hmm. who don't love me anymore. I'm not dating guys who don't love you anymore. I'm not even entertaining. I'm not entertaining it. I'm not going Mm -hmm. to the club anymore. I'm not going out partying and drinking anymore. I'm removing people from my life where God's like, you shouldn't hang out with them. Even though it sucks and it hurts, I'm gonna do it, you know? And I was reading every single book I could on faith and what God says about love and dating and sex. And I've watched every sermon series on the topics. And I feel like I, God had me on this, like in the fast lane because I was like allowing him. God, I feel like God wants us in the fast lane sometimes, but we're not always willing to like run at his side. And so I think in, in my experience, the obedience in that season, like you just said, like, obedience in just my experience is the only way to further what God has for you. You can't say mm-hmm. no to God and expect to get what he has for you. Yeah. And, and that's just in my short years of, of walking with God, I'm like, he wants that for us. So he obviously has our best interests at heart. And yes. so even if it hurts, even if I have to let go of this friend who is bringing me down or putting me in tempting situations that aren't good for what God has for me, like I have to do that in order to have what God has for me, which in the end is what we, we all want. You know, we all want that best life. Yeah. And so yeah, obedience is, I'm so passionate on it because I've just lived it. Amen. I'm going to high five you through high five. You right now. I love <laughs> meeting other women who are passionate about obedience. And what you were referring to, I feel like that was an immediate obedience. Oh, like I'm yeah. Not and, and give room for the enemy to make me double minded and where doubt can creep in. Mm-hmm. And immediate obedience is true obedience. And that can spare us from so, mm-hmm. uh, that can spare us from detours in life. And so mm-hmm. I love. I love that you were just all in and that you were, okay, so we, in our community, we say, just live in that yes, Lord life. Yeah. <laughs> so I was there. I was woman to just say, yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. Not here I am, Lord. Send somebody else. But yes, Lord, yeah. you me. Work through me. I'm ready. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had like a, a part of my testimony, which you know is, has to do with like, dating and toxic relationships and like just growing up in like a being surrounded by not like a very healthy marriage. I had no real idea of what a healthy relationship looked like. So mm-hmm. I dated very crappy and I'm so passionate about women and dating and uh, them getting out of not knowing their worth. Cause it all starts with when you don't know your value and your worth, 
you'll let someone else tell you what it is. So you'll let this guy who treats you like crap tell you that that's good enough for you. And so I always say, you know, when you have a crush on someone, when you really like someone, you talk about them all the time. Like you're like stalking them, you're researching them, you're like doing all this crazy stuff because you're like infatuated with this person. And so I always called it crush on Jesus, which is so cheesy and like whatever. But I'm like, oh gosh, if I had a crush on Jesus and was like obsessed with getting to know him and talked about Mm -hmm. him all the time, like then I would fall in love with the epitome of love, like who love is. And then I would from there learn how to love myself, how to love others and how I should be loved by someone else. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm just, the crush on Jesus was a whole like era for me. <laughs> That's good. Hey, that should be a whole life. That should be the long journey, right? right? <laughs> crushing on him. Yes. And that is a really beautiful visual and accurate visual mm-hmm. of what our relationship with Jesus gets to be. And, and this is true. We are as close to God as we choose to be. That's so he gave good. It all. He gave it all. He's, mm-hmm. ugh. And it's hard to hear at times because it is easy. And what I'm learning now being a Christian for like five years or so that it does get harder because you you are used to it. Like you're, you're I'm not as curious anymore because I know more than I did. And yeah. so you get into that routine of, life where it gets busy and you're like, oh gosh, I'm not as close to God anymore because I'm not choosing to be. Like, I feel like we all go through those times. That's something I feel like we all should, speaking to myself, could be better at, Um, especially with, you know, we added a dog into the mix. I'm like, oh gosh, I feel like I'm taking care of a child. It's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Which you guys have to get. I saw your (laughs) post that was not going to slip my mind. I know. I, I knew we were going to talk about it. I you guys, Jessica posted that. a picture with her and her husband and this, the cutest puppy I've ever seen aside from my puppy. Okay. And I'm like, I feel like it's yours. You should have taken it home. <laughs> Whose dog was that? <laughs> I know. Soon. Soon. Okay. Speaking of husband, yours and Vincent's story is so good. And mm-hmm. every, like the listeners on the show love relationship stuff. So I definitely want <laughs> you to share your um, story with Vincent. I think it's so powerful. Wow. I would love to. There's been a lot of chapters in our story. We've been married for five years and in a way it feels like a year in a way it feels like 50 years. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know what that feels like. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say the day that we met is one of my favorite days of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's a memory that I revisit probably more than any other day. Mm-hmm. So that's how much it meant to me. Mm-hmm. And it was the morning after I turned, after my 35th birthday party. And what you need to know about this morning is that four days prior, I broke, I broke up with my boyfriend of a year and a half. Um, we were together a year and a half too long because uh, walking up to, in the coffee shop to meet him on a blind date, I heard the Holy Spirit say, he's not your husband. Ooh. And I thought, well, that's just my, I'm being too picky. I'm being too hard on people. My standards are too high. And I talked myself out of it, but I knew mm. that voice was not mine. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. So broke up with him, celebrated my 35th birthday. And you better believe the enemy was taunting me with, you're going to start over. Mm-hmm. You're about to turn 35. You're going to break up with mm-hmm. Christian guy, but it wasn't, it wasn't my husband. And I knew that from the beginning, if I was being honest with myself. And so the morning after my 35th birthday party, I woke up feeling so refreshed and thinking, Lord, I'm going to keep standing in faith. I'm not just going to let 
encouragement and your word and prayers go in one ear and out the other because Mm -hmm. at that time it was easier for me to believe for somebody else's happy ending than it was Mm -hmm. to believe for my own. Mm -hmm. And so I just woke up with the tenacity of, no, I'm standing in faith as long as Mm -hmm. it takes and Lord, truthfully, if I'm single on earth for the rest of you know my time on earth, then I'm still going to love the life you've given me. I'm still going to mm, so find the joy and marvel in the works of your hands and enjoy you. And, and so that morning I woke up and after church, I went to a Super Bowl party, met my husband. Lo and behold, met Vincent at the Super Bowl party. So <laughs> when you met him, I'm sure you're going to share, but did you know right away? When I met him, he walked into a very busy, crowded restaurant slash bar in Newport Beach. And there are about 200 plus people in the room. Super Bowl, of course. Uh, Yeah, loud Mm -hmm. and yes. yes. But he caught my eye and it was from afar that he caught my eye. And I just looked at him and I saw three things on him. I saw delight, freedom, and joy. Mm. Which, by the way, those are my favorite things in life. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. Like I said, I'm kind of an optimist. Like, what I is love Vincent love on, the en- on the Enneagram? Two, a helper. Okay. I'm a two as well. Oh, he's, you are? Yeah. <laughs> so, by the way, seven and twos, I've read, make really good teams when mm-hmm. they're hosting. So, he walked in, and I was just staring at him, thinking, wow, look at that man. I just see joy, freedom, and delight all over him. Well, lo and behold, he waves to my friend at her table and starts walking up to our table. And so in my head, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. I just, yeah. no, no, no. I just <laughs> broke up with someone. I'm not, not going to jump into something else. No, mm-hmm. but he walked up and he's delightful and lovely and started serving me from the very beginning. And I thought, oh, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. So <laughs> then I started speaking of crush, that word crush. I started telling myself, Jessica, you're 35. You get to be even more focused. You get to be even more disciplined in this area. So you can't even crush on anyone unless you know he loves Jesus. So that's what I kept telling myself. Oh, yeah. Because a crush can lead into talking, can lead into Mm -hmm. first date, can lead into a relationship that was never meant to be. Mm -hmm. So my standards are now even getting higher, you know. And so I kept telling myself, you're not allowed to crush unless he loves Jesus. Well, lo and behold, in not too far into the conversation with Vincent, I needed to know. I'm like, I think he's a Christian, is he? <laughs> and so I said, how was your morning? What did you do this morning? Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. So he tells me he visited a new church and he talked with the new pastor. And it was just a lovely day. And I'm th- my heart's beating out of my chest. Yeah. Could this be true? This man that I just like can't take my eyes off of and in a bar, no less, you know, on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. And so sheepishly, I ask, are you a believer? He puts up his hand to give me a high five and says, I love Jesus. And we give each other a high five. And I burst out, I knew I loved you. Kid you not. That was what happened. And we gave each other a high five. And in an hour and a half oh at my the Super Bowl party, I grew to love this person. I grew to love his heart. We talked about our shared love for Jesus, our shared love for the Middle East. He's Jewish. His father is born in Israel. My mind is just blown. He's speaking Hebrew to me. We're talking about our dreams and what we want to do with God, for God, and to reach people. And I just am, I was floored. And so it only took an hour and a half to grow in love and respect for him. And I knew, I didn't want to put language to it, 
But I did say this. I called my sister on the way home and I said, I'm not going to say anything more than this, but I just met a man who is going to be in my life forever. I know it. Mm. And seven months later from that Super Bowl party, he proposed to me in Napa Valley. Wait, I am... I have goosebumps that whole entire time you were talking. How did he, because I, first of all, I have so many questions, but how was the pursuit after after that party? Did you guys exchange numbers? How did he pursue you from there? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I had asked him if he'd ever been to Israel, if he made his birthright trip. And when he said no, and he told me this story, I said, well, let me get your email. I'd love to put you in contact with the group that took mm-hmm. me to Israel and shout out to the Philos Project. I love them, support them. They've been huge to just change the trajectory of my life. And so I gave Vincent my phone right there in the middle of the Super Bowl party and said, hey, give me your email, I'll connect you with this group. Mm-hmm. And when he gave me back my phone, he had put in his phone number as well. And so what did I do? I texted him right then and there, right in front of him saying, it's your new bestie, smiley Oh my face. gosh, I love and it. And we texted every single day after that. And two weeks into texting every single day, I'm thinking, when is he going to call me? Oh my gosh, I'm already in love with the man that's not even called me yet. <laughs> I love it. There was a night, it was a Friday night and I realized, okay, Jess, you need to get back into alignment. You need to put your focus on where it needs to be. And so I took myself out on a dinner date and I brought my big old Bible. You know, it wasn't this particular one, but you know, you bring a five pound to dinner with you. (laughs) And the waitress sat me down and she said, are you waiting for anybody else? I go, no, just me. And she looked down at my book and then back up to me. Okay, I'll get you a menu. Like weirdo, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Friday night, busy restaurant. And I said, Jesus, you're my, you're my first love. And I always want you to be. And I feel out of whack right now. I feel out of balance because I feel like I'm in love with this man. We haven't even had a phone call yet. And mm-hmm. I'm just having, my heart is telling me he's my future husband and mm-hmm. I could be way, I just need to be, get back into alignment. And so I'm going to focus on you. I'm not going to get too crazy over this. He hasn't even called me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so Jesus and I have a really awesome dinner date that Friday night. And I got back to my car. And the big thing was I left my phone in my car. So for like two hours, hour and a half, I didn't have my phone. I couldn't look at it to see if he texted me back. And I left the restaurant, got back in my car, feeling really solid again, Mm -hmm. feeling centered. Mm -hmm. And I pick up my phone as you do. And Vincent had left me a voicemail for the first time. Of course. (laughs) And it was just on from there. Oh my gosh. And the rest is history, right? Yeah. And there were so many special Holy Spirit moments, which God just renewed and redeemed so much of our story. And and we, Vincent and I waited for each other so long and in different ways, our journeys are very different. Mm -hmm. I was 35 when we met. I was 36 when we got married. Mm -hmm. And by the grace of God, I was a virgin on my wedding night. And Mm -hmm. I not think I would be that old and having to wait that long. Mm-hmm. But I had compromised in so many other ways with my heart and with my body mm-hmm. that I wasn't a stranger to shame and guilt that came mm-hmm. from living a life of compromise. And I grew up with the Lord. I've never known mm-hmm. a day where I didn't feel loved by Jesus, where I didn't mm-hmm. love Jesus. So I put that extra pressure on myself that, Jesse, you've grown up with this. You know too much. Mm-hmm. Why would you 
or to survey like that pressure of being, mm-hmm. you know, perfect, I guess. And so what I learned through all of that is, you know, the enemy can poke holes all day long in my own attempt at righteousness mm-hmm. and my own attempt at purity. But when I'm covered by the blood of Jesus and I'm covered by the righteousness and the purity of Jesus, it's then I made white as snow. And so I had to do a lot of deep healing in my own heart before entering into marriage. Mm-hmm. I dealt with a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. Um, my husband's story is different. He was married out of college. I don't know if you knew that. He married his college sweetheart and they got married and it was just a few years and mm-hmm. that was his first. And so he thought like, I'm following Jesus. This mm-hmm. is my wife. I'm going to do everything right. And it didn't turn out the way he thought. Mm-hmm. And so he had to walk through, push past a lot of shame and guilt that he put on himself. And so we did a lot of healing individually mm-hmm. before we met each other. And when we met each other, I thank God for the fact that we were both at our healthiest when we met. Mm. God had done deep, deep soul work in each of us. And Mm -hmm. so when we met, it was boom, 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 you know, and Holy Spirit was all in it. And there was a moment where I was on a work trip. He was on a work trip. And on that work trip, uh, Holy Spirit told me, don't kiss him until you're engaged. I was just going to ask you about that. What? I know we cut out to talk about it. (laughs) Girl, this was never my intention. It was not a goal of mine. I knew other people who did this kind of thing, and I thought, good for you. Yes, good for you. Not my calling. (laughs) You never thought that you would wait. Yes, I, I never did. Yet when I was praying for our relationship on this trip, again, my heart was just so already just his. It, mm-hmm. it really was. And I do say falling in love with my husband was the easiest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Staying in love, that takes a whole lot of intentionality and mm-hmm. stewardship, really, and, and work. Mm-hmm. But that being in love, falling in love, being loved by him, loving him, it was just so easy. And I stand by that even now. Okay, but going back to the story. So I'm we're apart. We're both on work trips and I'm praying for our relationship. And I did pray that bold prayer, Lord, if this isn't the one, mm-hmm. will you show us? Would you gently just lead us in that direction? We just really want to do your will. And it was in that prayerful um, meditative prayer that I heard, don't kiss until you're engaged. We've been dating for a few months, so we hadn't kissed yet, mm-hmm. which was wild. I mean, we're very close to it, but there was something in my heart that I just knew if I was really safe. I didn't even have to think, mm-hmm. should we or shouldn't we? I knew we both wanted to, but we just didn't. It mm-hmm. was like just this quiet, peaceful falling in love without all the, the mm-hmm. physical elements to it just yet. And so during that prayer, I said, I got a little sassy with the Lord. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, Lord, I am not having that conversation with yeah. the world. If you want it, literally, if you want him to know that, you got to tell him, I am not giving him that ultimatum. So yeah, yeah we get to be real with God, right? Like I wasn't 100% obedience with him at that moment. <laughs> but this is what happened. It flipped my mind is that when we came back from our trips, I was in Northern California. He was in New York. We came back to Southern California. We're at dinner and he brings this up, Nicole. I knew it. I knew it. The same weekend, he said, babe, what would you think if we didn't kiss until we got engaged? Jaw dropped. I'm like, my jaw's on the floor. I can only imagine. And I said, what made you think of that? What made you, what made you ask that? He goes, well, during my trip, I was praying for you, praying for us and... The idea just came into my mind. I just, the vision just came into my mind. I felt, mm. 
okay, Lord, is this from, you know, is this what you want us to do? And so he goes, what do you think about that? Yes, yes. And then I told him, I think yeah. I told him my vision. Yeah. So wild Holy Spirit things mm. that I just couldn't even have dreamt up or thought of. Mm-hmm. And all of that led to just a peace of God and a confirmation. And we both feel um, then and we do now that God has just anointed each of us to love each mm-hmm. other. And so mm-hmm. five years into marriage, we moved to Alabama. We opened a restaurant for any of you listening who have worked in the restaurant industry. You know, it's a hard mm-hmm. industry. And for my husband to open a restaurant, that restaurant has kind of been his first wife mm-hmm. for many months. Mm-hmm. And so life has been hard. Mm-hmm. And therefore, communication has felt difficult. Therefore, mm-hmm. connection has felt difficult. And even in moments where life feels hard, mm-hmm. I remember, okay, Lord, you created, you crafted marriage as this gift, as an mm-hmm. oasis. We, we remember God created marriage in Genesis 2 before the fall. He didn't need to redesign marriage after the fall. Mm-hmm. Marriage is this beautiful illustration of how God loves his bride mm-hmm. and how he pursues us and how he's faithful to us and how he'll never leave us. And so even when I'm tempted to think, oh, marriage is so hard, deep in my heart, I go, well, Lord, being human is hard. Mm-hmm. Being a healthy human is hard. Life is hard. Mm-hmm. But marriage gets to be an oasis. It gets mm-hmm. to be a, a beautiful mm-hmm. heavenly gift that we are good stewards of now. Mm-hmm. And so all of it, just all of it was worth waiting for. It was worth the wait and um, the work that we now get to do to keep our marriage mm-hmm. strong. We love our marriage therapist and we have this app that we do questions and we're still- I've heard of that. It's all worth it. It's stewardship within marriage is absolutely imperative to Mm. discipling the nations really Mm -hmm. gosh thank you for your vulnerability and for sharing um such personal things um i think it's going to be super impactful um to those listening i do have follow-up questions um i'm going to start with uh just what you recently talked about which is you had said to falling in love is easy but staying in love requires intentionality so yeah. what are the two of you doing in this more difficult season? You know, you're having a life transition. You're opening a restaurant, starting a business. That's huge. How yes. do you guys stay intentional in your home by stewarding your marriage and making sure that that's still a priority? Yeah, great question. And question that every married married person should be asking. And, mm-hmm. and we definitely have had to battle a lot in our marriage. And mm-hmm. um, if I may, just quickly, a week into our marriage, we we got married, we had this like lovely, perfect in all the ways that really mattered. Meaning when the veil flew off my head right before I was walking down the aisle, that didn't matter really. But a week after our wedding day, we come to Alabama to celebrate with our family here. And mm-hmm. we were, you know, greeted by mom and dad Shakir. And, and we sat down on the couch and it was seven, eight days after I do when Vincent's dad sat us down on the couch and said, I have a couple months to live. Mm. And so we were really hit um, leading up to the wedding and right Mm. after the wedding with a Mm. lot of spiritual warfare and a lot of life just breaking Mm. apart. And so moving to a new state after his father passed away last year and and Mm. moving through grief and getting familiar with a whole new state, making new friends for me and having my husband be working 80 hours a week. It was so hard. Mm -hmm. And I realized the reality is 
my gosh, we have to faith it. Of course, faith it, have faith, stand in faith, have vision, but we have to face it as well. Mm. Face it and faith it. And we do both together. It's not an either or, it's a both and for us Christians. Mm. And really look at the places where we're hurting. Look at the places that aren't in alignment that are causing you pain. Uh, look at the places that are causing us disconnection. Mm. And one thing that is has been really important for me to remember is John 10, 10, it's such a transformative truth statement, scripture. And Jesus says, I've come to bring life and life more abundantly. And the enemy of your soul comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so for me personally, Nicole, I had to remember, okay, pain is not the enemy's end goal. Mm-hmm. He'll use pain, but his end goal is to disconnect us from our savior, from our creator, disconnect us with our own self and then with my husband mm-hmm. and so I had to contend and fight against that disconnection mm-hmm. any way I could and what really helped us is allowing oh here's another one a mentor told me in marriage especially when you're trying to work together in a kingdom couple and you're trying to build something together but in any kind of marriage one of the number one things you should do is create a safe environment that it's safe for sparks to fly because when iron sharpens iron, that's what happens a lot. Sparks will fly. And so I'm thinking back to what we've done now to contend for that connection and intimacy and be good stewards of our marriage. And it was creating a safe place for sparks to fly. What my husband needed to say to me, get off his chest. What I needed to say to him, get off my chest, Mm -hmm. even if it felt like, ooh, that was kind of mean to say. Mm -hmm. But it was honest. Mm -hmm. And honesty is a catalyst for intimacy. And so facing it and facing it and not letting enemy win. His goal is to disconnect you from each other and he'll use anything he can to do that. And God's goal is to connect you with each other. So those are the few mindset things and hardships that I've had to remind myself of and each other with. And then truly just knowing each other's pain point Mm -hmm. and and peace point. Mm -hmm. Like for me, Um, My daddy passed away when I was four. And so I grew up with abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. And that was a little bit why I never had a boyfriend until I was 30, you know, Mm -hmm. but God healed me of that. Yet that lie can keep creeping up. The enemy can keep Mm -hmm. taunting me with that lie of abandonment, disconnection Mm -hmm. um, and such. And so being honest with myself and then sharing that with my husband and him doing the same, Mm-hmm. Now we know what lie each, each other really contends with. Mm-hmm. And I never want to perpetuate that voice of Satan in my husband's life. I only That's want to so perpetuate good. the voice of truth. So I know I just shared a lot, but that was what was on the front of my heart when you asked that question. (laughs) No, that's so good. I think some people have this viewer idea of Christians that marriage must be easy for them because life is easier for Christians because everything is good and joy and and all the things. But I mean, I could be wrong, but I think marriage is harder for Christians because— when you're working together for the kingdom, that is like the least favorite thing that the enemy likes. And so of course he's gonna try to pull you guys apart. And so you have to, it's constant work, it's constant stewardship and it's hard because you can fall into like, just again, the mundane, normal, everyday like life. Like you're busy, you're starting a business or my husband and I were both workaholics. And so it's something we have to constantly work at to like- 
literally, and my husband, praise God, he is literally the most intentional man I've ever known. He is Mm -hmm. so good at scheduling date nights, but I can't imagine if he wasn't. Like, he is so intentional with making sure we Mm -hmm. set aside time for the two of us because we're both so engulfed into our jobs because we both have such huge passions and like... And sometimes I catch myself like make maybe making a snarky comment to him like you're still working, mm-hmm. and but I just finished two seconds ago, you know. So it's like yeah. this constant, and I get it. And I prayed for a man that had such a strong work ethic. Mm-hmm. And there are some times where like I hate it, and other times I'm like, gosh, I know if something were to happen and he lost his job, he would get a job bartending the next day. Like he would do whatever he could mm-hmm. to work hard and provide for our family. Same for my husband. Yeah, and so we love that they work hard, but then like selfishly we're like, but wait, we're not spending enough time together and this should be a priority. But I also think like we have to remember, and I'm speaking to myself too, that God is using our husbands to minister to other people as well. And so- yeah who knows who's going to come in that restaurant and hands he's going to shake and people he's going to meet and people that work there that are going to be so blessed by the man that he is. And I think that with Nico's job too and the people he's got to meet, he's in an industry that can be very dark as well. He's in the music industry. And so um, the things that he's been able to talk about with people that maybe wouldn't have heard that conversation before or you know, you could be the only Bible that someone will ever meet and so or read and so... I think it's like a, what is it, a double-edged like sword, you know? <laughs> but what you said is so good. You have to face it and faith it. That I'm. That's gonna. I need to like write it down on a on my fridge or something. <laughs> so good. Both and. It's both mm-hmm. and at the same time, faith mm-hmm. it and face it. So for the single people listening, um, I know you said you you didn't have a boyfriend until you were 30. And I feel like nowadays, like if you don't have a boyfriend, there's a problem, you know? And so I think you would have maybe great insight to maybe give advice to someone who is 35 and still single and thinking God's never gonna bring them someone. Or maybe they just got out of a relationship and they're feeling like, gosh, I'm 30 and starting over. What would you say to them? Oh, I love you. I'm going to pray for you today. I remember the chapters of my life before marriage so vividly. And Mm. so thank you for letting me speak to the single ladies out there right now. And this season, there's so much fruit that can be grown, that should be grown in this Mm. season. And, And waiting well helps you do life well. And before we give our heart to another person, before we like before I take his hand, my husband's hand, I want to take God's hand. Like, Lord, lead me. I will follow. Before I take his name, Shakir, I want to I want to speak the name of Jesus. Before I give my heart to my future husband, I want my heart to be solely and wholly mm-hmm. uh, belonging to the lover of my soul. And so there's no better time to learn how to wait well mm-hmm. than when you're single when you can put all the focus on, okay, Lord, what is my purpose? What mm-hmm. what was on your mind and on your heart when you created me? You allowed me to be born to the family I was in and the time and humanity that I'm in, it's for a purpose. Can you tell me what it is? And I just got so thrilled and excited about living that adventure out with Jesus mm-hmm. that my standards just became super high where I realized my life is so good. Thank you, Lord, that mm-hmm. I... In a way, it was, I don't want to go backwards. I just want to keep 
growing. I just want to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep running with the Lord in this adventure that I'm in. To wrap that up, I think if if you haven't fallen in love with the adventure that is doing life with Jesus Mm -hmm. while you're single, it'll be really hard to fall in love with it when you're married because all your attention and time and so much more of your heart will go toward Mm -hmm. your hubby. And so fall in love with the adventure that is your life right now marvel at the works of God's hands Mm -hmm. become the woman you want to be and and even deeper than that become the woman that God has called you to be Mm -hmm. we're all in this eternal in-between until we get to heaven you know Mm -hmm. um, from who we are right now to who we ought to be Um, and that journey is called sanctification you know living out our salvation and growing in spiritual um, strength and maturity and looking more like Jesus every day and reflecting his glory and beauty in a, mm. in a more authentic way every day. And so we're mm. all in the in-between. And so speaking to the women who feel like they're in the in-between, like they want to be married, they're not yet. They feel like they're in this hallway. They're in the in-between. What do I do with this time? While you wait for that dream, don't wait mm-hmm. to live your dream with God. Learning how to wait well on a dream, on a specific prayer, doesn't mean you're not doing anything with that time. Allow God to redeem this time and to make this time really fruitful. Mm -hmm. And when that dream of having a husband becomes a reality, Mm -hmm. you enter into marriage, your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't recommend entering into marriage any other way. Mm -hmm. And so allow God to sweep you off your feet. Mm -hmm. Marvel at the adventure that is your life right here, right now. And while I tell my husband, Baby, you're you're the completion of one of my biggest dreams ever. Mm-hmm. We have never said you complete me because it wouldn't be true. <laughs> I love it. Completed one of the biggest dreams of my heart, mm-hmm. and I am so incredibly thankful for the waiting time. And I don't mean to discount the hardship that any of you might be feeling. I went through that hardship, but as I look back, I'm so incredibly thankful for the waiting mm-hmm. time. I even shared it in my vows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Lord, thank you for the honor of waiting with you because it wasn't for nothing. It wasn't wasted time. Waiting time is never wasted mm-hmm. time with God. And so I just pray you fall in love with uh, Jesus more than ever before. I'm standing with you, cheering you on, standing in faith for that future kingdom. So good. And I, I feel like we could both say that when you are your most authentic self going into marriage and you yeah. have that season to grow with God. And I feel like you fill your toolbox of like tools you need for marriage. And when your tool, when you go into marriage with an empty toolbox, you're like, okay, God, my, I don't know how to communicate this to my husband. Well, your toolbox is empty, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you're working on all this with me before, I'll fill your toolbox so when you encounter an issue, oh, this is in my toolbox. I need to pray for this or I need to let this go or I need to pray for my husband for my husband, not for me. Like all these things that like God fills our toolbox with to prepare us for marriage. And so I think I was Mm -hmm. never that girl that wanted a boyfriend or was like, I have to be in a relationship. I loved being single. So it's harder for me to- You are so much alike. (laughs) I know. It's harder for me to talk on that, but I will agree with you in saying like, I was in my obsessive obedience season before I met Nico. Like he had said, okay, you're not dating for six months. I loved going on dates. I thought they were so fun. I just loved meeting people and (laughs) I just thought it was fun. And so- He was like, you're not going to go on any dates. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Love dating myself. I went to the movies by myself all the time. I I took myself out all the time. And I think people should be able to do that. I think it's really 
I don't know, it's self-soothing to me. And then after that time, God was like, okay, you're ready to date. When after he said that, I literally went on like six dates within the two weeks before I met Nico. And then at that church conference, our Zoe church conference is when I met him, like the two weeks after God was like, you're ready to date. And wow. so that's why, again, I'm like, obedience, obedience, obedience. obedience. Like, it's just so, I feel like that's the theme of, of the episode, walking in obedience. Yeah, I love that theme. Yes. yes. And tell you one quick story is that I almost didn't go to that Super Bowl party. I had the phone in my hand. Mm. I was about to cancel because I was tired and I overcommitted. Mm. And I went to cancel and the Holy Spirit said, you said you would go, go and be a good friend. Mm. And I obeyed the spirit. I go, you're right. I'm going to go and be a good friend. Lo and behold, my husband, well, Vincent at the time, not my husband, he didn't want to make the drive. The Holy Spirit told him, go and be a good friend. The same thing. You See, already told him you would go. Be obedient. That's how yeah. you flourish. That's how you meet your future husband. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I'm going to share one more quick thing because it's just so relevant to this uh, topic, but Nico and I were both serving at the same church for years before we met. And I was serving, our church at the time had three different locations and we were serving at opposite locations. And January of 2019, which is the year I met him, we met in July of 2019. January of 2019, God was like, I think you should step down from serving. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense because we're called to like serve the local church. And like, I just loved it so much. So it didn't make sense. And he was like, no, it's time to like take a step back. And I was like, gosh, like I'm heart wrecked over this. Like, I'm so sad. Like I'm emailing our campus directors and I'm like, I literally don't even know why I'm writing this. Like, I guess I'm supposed to step down from serving. Again, just being obedient, not understanding it, but walking it out and February. So I stepped down, it was like mid-January. Nico switched to that location in February of 2019. And so we were both seeing other people at that time. Like we would have met at the total wrong time. And so I just even have goosebumps when I tell the story, like God asked me to step down because he knew we would have met at the wrong time. And so had I not listened, like, and so that's why I'm just like, obedience, please. Like if you want to walk in God's best for you, be obedient in everything that he tells you to do, which I have to remind myself of daily because it does get, I feel like it gets harder. The longer you walk with God, the harder obedience gets for some reason, which maybe one day I'll understand. It's one decision. And I I do feel like God, you know, would have made it happen another way, but who doesn't want God's A plan, you know? Amen. We are soul sisters. We are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whoa, I I don't meet very many people who geek out over obedience. It is the greatest adventure mm-hmm. on the side of heaven. And what an honor to God. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and, and truly it's, it's the only way to flourish mm-hmm. by obedience. So thank you for this. Of course, what a great note to end on. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your wisdom and your story so powerful and so impactful. And I'll be praying for your women's community in Alabama. I think it's going to be so incredible. And just thank you for your words and um, impacting everyone listening. You're the best. Where can they find you? On Instagram at Jessica Shakir Beauty and okay. Beautiful Mind Academy Okay. on Insta. And then you can go to our website, thebeautifulmindacademy.com. Okay. And we have an app. We have a free layer of our community. Oh my gosh. Do I need to join? What the heck? Come uh, be a part of the conversation. It's amazing. And 
Yeah, we have a, a, a virtual event coming up called the Yes Lord Collective. You guys, I'm going to link all of this if you want to join the community. I'm going to link her Instagram, the website, and the Beautiful Mind Academy Instagram so you guys can check that out. Jessica, I love you. Thank you so much Thank for joining us today. Mind. 